Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And now, it's time! Hey kids, I'm here with Olan. And I'm here with the janitor Jonas, and today we were talking about the, the Noobcom 2, I believe. This is uh, Monster of the Week, constructing old school magic. I'm Lita Chill from 93 Yeah, this is how we chill from We're talking about today, Olan. Uh, I thought we were talking about Semi Pimp 60, but I might be misinformed. Um, so yeah, I preferred a long essay about Semi Pimp 60, but yeah, we can okay. talk about we can talk about Noobcom too. That's okay. Did you did you release your next iteration of it yet? Uh, no, I'm Semi Semi Pimp 60 plus. No, I'm thinking about releasing it uh, in a couple of days, actually. Okay, so Noobcom 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, both of you guys played it? For sure. Uh, it was a great event. And uh, is it the largest old school, like, one day event ever? Uh, could be. La- no, not largest old school event, uh, one day event. Uh, online, you mean? or o- Online. Oh, online, online only. Hmm. Yeah, because like I think like the, some some weird American tournament like Eternal Weekend or something uh, might be bigger. Could be, of and, course. And the real Noobcom is pretty close as well. The biggest one of those, uh, especially if you count in the two-part Noobcom, the last one where uh, we had like a separate top. The first the winner got into the top eight. Yeah, but that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but well, but yeah, they're, but they're uh, kind of in of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, I've pretty close to one of the largest ever, uh, at least. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you guys played last year also, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, last yep. year was the Scryings one. Uh, did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super average in that one, I think four and three, but uh, better, a bit better this year. Yeah, and I interrupted your banter when we were going live. Uh, you guys started discussing your matches and stuff, so uh, you could go ahead with that now, Olan. You were asking Jonas about his opponents. So yeah, uh, yeah, we both me and Jonas played pretty much the same deck. I mean. Uh, he didn't have a Shatterstorm and I have a giant shark and so like, but pretty much similar uh, troll disco decks. And we we both finished 5-2, um, 10th and 13th place, I think. And one of the losses uh, for Jonas was against me and I lost against the winner and another guy in the top eight. So yeah, it was it was a pretty good tournament for troll disco. Uh, hmm. 
you had a good run then, Jonas. Yeah, the, de- yeah. the deck was excellent. I just uh, took Åland's list and uh, uh, for some reason I don't own a Shatterstorm, which surprised yeah. me. So I, I, I don't ever remember what I replaced it with. Something stupid, I think. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Åland uh, is the troll uh, disco king, as uh, everyone should be aware of by now. So uh, trying to invent something uh, on your own just seemed stupid, so I just ran uh, what he was running. And it, it was a yeah. great, uh, great deck. Um, was it hard beating the, like when you knew you were beating uh, Åland and you were playing the identical deck since he had yeah, like, kind of it? Yeah, I, I also did a, a really, really stupid mistake, so I think I like played into a mana drain about something that didn't matter and then he mind twisted me with the drain mana which I, I just forgot about that sequence being a thing otherwise I wouldn't even have entered the battle we were I, I don't even it was so uh, meaningless uh, interaction yeah. in the game uh, but I really opened up myself for a real blowout there yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's it's the classical thing. The one that first pulls the trigger often loses in, in those matchups, unless you have a lot better resources in lands. So, mm. now, you you have made some changes to the deck since we talked about it uh, with Reindeer. Uh, but yeah. we, we don't need to delve into it. I'm just wondering about the air elemental. Yeah. Uh, well, th- I kind of wanted. I kind of wanted something against um, against the green decks, and flyers are good. Uh, Sengir Vampire is obviously better uh, better than um, better than Air Elemental, but you have more blue mana. So, so mm. basically, I I added one Sengir and one Air Elemental, uh, and Sengir is good in a lot of other matchups, uh, which plays Red Elemental Blast. They are good against bolts. Uh, but against mono green, I wanted air elemental. Uh, then again, I didn't face any mono green. Uh, mm. And we actually, since I got um, I got that fissure I have in my deck, uh, I got it from a friend, uh, an altar with a flying saucer uh, on it. So, mm. so yeah, I wanted to change the stone rain for it. And well, I I won a match with that, uh, killing Sarah Angel in both games two and three. So yeah, well, very nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it. I mean, it's super expensive card, but an instant removal, uh, creature and land removal is, uh, yeah, is great. Yeah, I think especially the land removal, people talk down on it being used in uh, the deck. Uh, sometimes you you have like one stone rain there or something, but mainly for the library and yeah, maybe some Mishra running amok. So I think it's a rather good call because this is a slow deck anyhow, right? So uh, you st- you have the bolts though, but yeah, we like kind of we kind of talked about it before me and Jonas about Fisher, but and the only thing that it's worse against pretty much is the early library, uh, mm. since you don't you didn't even play full mox and so yeah, and it it's hard. It's like if people are playing. Uh, blue elemental blasts you can't really ca- get counter spell backup mana that easily maybe that you would have if you played I don't know it's two cards in one right 
you can't play Stone Rain and uh, Terror like you're playing. Uh, so you could be either one of those. But Stone Rain is such a situational card. Yeah. So so my 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 standard setup is uh, one Stone Rain and one Terror. Um, and mm. I I don't know. Uh, Depending on what I suggest people uh, think people are playing, I might play Fisher, Stone Rain, Terror, or something else. Uh, I mean, it's it's the flex slot in the sideboard for sure, as the air elemental obviously is as well. So, and Jonas, you ha- even though you didn't have the Shatterstorm, you got to play the Guardian Beast. Yeah, yeah, that was my replacement, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I just, yeah. I just like, I have to add some other stupid card. Uh, the Guardian Beast uh, is a combo uh, with the discs, so it's probably... Did you get to live the dream with Chaos Orb uh, or the no. disc? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's hard in this, uh, like, sit-in-a-bottle-heavy uh, meta, maybe? I don't know. I don't think you bring sit-in-a-bottle in, in uh, against uh, Troll Disco. That no, but a lot of people have it main, but maybe they're taking it out then. You're yeah, right. because like uh, the generally the, the the troll disco deck plays like one and a half city of brass and uh, mm. a library, so yeah, so it's it, it, the, the city of you actually want people to to have city in a bottle against you because it's basically a dead card. So mm. uh, and I guess. Looking at your deck list, you took in another Red Elemental Blast, it looks like, for the... Uh, you, you you didn't have a shark, so... Yeah, <laughs> so <you took> it <laughs> I could add, a, add one real card as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. And the Shatter instead of the Shatterstorm, I guess. Uh, I said we weren't going so deep into this, so... but. You could might have had an energy flux, but that's not good with the disc. So no, it doesn't yes, make sense ha- with the disc. So yeah, yeah. I, I thought about it, but hmm. yeah. But was it a fun tournament? Uh, at least did, did it run smoothly on your side? And so uh, it didn't start that great, right? We had uh, some trouble with the or am I am I mixing together the tournaments now? This was no, the one that awesome. we. The first round was uh, a bit of a mess, but after that it ran great, I think. Mm. Yeah, Slanfon had to de- deploy some new version of Tolaria to get it to work, I think. Mm. Uh, and what kind of decks did you guys meet? You also, Jonas, met a bunch of uh, heavy hitters, like the uh, some. You met Olan, of course. That's a heavy hitter. Uh, <laughs> yes, and. Uh, very importantly, uh, uh, Peter, uh, I'm not exactly how sure how you pronounce his last name, but Montaigne or something, uh, mm. who was in the top eight. Uh, and of course, uh, MG himself in the last round. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a really spicy game, that was just, it was just a ridiculous, uh, no one can win anyway match. So. <laughs> Yeah, he he playing his uh, is it a pet project? Do you call it that? Like his project M. Yeah. Uh, so both it must be kind of weird playing against the uh, Guardian Beasts and uh, <laughs> I don't know like discs and stuff. Yeah, I just yeah, uh, I just drew like absurdly. 
Like, uh, if we had, like, traded one for one for a couple of turns, then I just drew the Ancestral into a Brain Geyser and uh, then Mind Twisted him and uh, stuff like that. Um, mm. It's uh, it's a terrible matchup to play the semi-mirror against the Guardian Beast. It's really horrible. Uh, mm. Well, I guess it's good you guys are playing the, like, Sidnable, they have that one kind of out, I guess. Uh, and they have one in main and one in the sideboard. But yeah, uh, he his deck has a lot of more utility, I guess. A lot of more cards you need to deal with, uh, like, immediately. But you guys have uh, counter spells, so... Huh. Uh, I had it sounds like a fun matchup, but maybe uh, tough. I had a terrible matchup against the guy in the top eight, where I was at 5-0 uh, in the tournament, and he pl I thought he played straight up Troll Disco, um, mm. but but he didn't. He played four Guardian Beasts. You're approaching, uh, talking about Christian Bang? Or? Bang Jensen, yeah. Okay. And the thing is, he had two cards in hand. I had seven. I had no counter spells, but I have everything else. And he plays the card Balance. <laughs> uh, I have eight lands and he had three lands. Um, well, I bolt you. He counters the bolt. I have to discard my whole hand, sack five lands, including three Mishras. Uh, and then 29 minutes later, he wins and <laughs> kind of wins the match 1-0. From that balance. So, yeah. That, I hate the, those kind of games where you just like sit and wait and still lose in the end or something I, I was, anything could happen like i mean the problem was my my the worst thing with the balance i would have won that game if i didn't have both my fireballs in my hand when he played the balance and oh, we cut no. we, we we cut the recall so i had kind of didn't have enough uh, win cons to to actually win uh mm. that you was my and problem. jonas you mean cut the recall from the deck yeah yeah. Uh, so so yeah, but I I think the the unlucky part was having both fireballs in my hand when he played the balance. That that was mm. like that that missed me my top eight. <laughs> so mm. yeah, that that stung a bit uh, because I knew that uh, the next pairing I was paired against um, Danny Friedman in the last round, and I knew that either he was on the deck, which is my worst matchup. Mm. Or he was on Tweedlewald, which is one of my absolute worst matchups as well. So my chances of going top eight went from being 5-0 went from like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm at least over 50% for sure. And then went down to like 2% or something. Yeah. <laughs> I also got knocked out by an like 11 for one balance or something. Uh, <laughs> that was just like, whoa. Well, uh, that's that's that. <laughs> uh, balance is a fun card. I mean, balance balance is uh, when balance is good. It's it's such an insane card. It's like as yeah. you said, it it can be eleven for one, and it was like, yeah, in this in this scenario, it was uh, yeah, it, actually it was uh, 12, 12 for zero, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, 12 yeah, exactly. for 12 for one but yeah that's just just insane and and then he mm. just and then you i play a sedge troll and he plays a guardian beast and he can block it for like eight turns yeah, yeah. and all of this uh, like because he played that you mentioned starting out with uh, 
Uh, and we're going through the top eight later, like the lists and so. But he's playing a Guardian Orb kind of uh, Disco Troll deck. He also has the trolls in his deck, though. Yeah, yeah every uh, if he draws a disc or anything, everything is way better on his side with the Guardian Beast in play, I guess. And you don't don't even have the fireballs then. So, do you have any removal? It's your own disc then, I guess. Yeah, the problem is that. The <laughs> Uh, he he had like Guardian Beast Nevenero's disc in play, and I have mm. to play like my disc. Uh, yeah, it, it. I mean, the matchup is terrible. Uh, mm. With with, he had like he had like better cards. Uh, yeah. In the matchup, so yeah. I mean, he, he deserved to win. He and he's a great guy. I mean, I'm I'm not sad in that sense. I was just sad that I kind of wanted to make my fourth noobcom a noobcom top eight, and that. Would have mean there's like in the last ten years there's only one player that has, has that has four noobcon top eights. So mm. that would have been impressive. I, I don't. In the, yeah, I don't think MG would count this one in though. No, but <laughs> but, but you could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I, I don't really care, but yeah, and it's it's MG doesn't even count. It's me that's holding the okay, statistics okay. for it. So, <laughs> but I I actually have I actually have two two <laughs> like. I didn't count last year because it was such a random it, and you could play with other reprints than Swedish reprints. I think uh, the the thing that sets this apart from the other online tournaments is that you actually only could play Swedish reprints. Um, yeah, uh, that's that, that's a different, and I know a lot of people were upset about this, but yeah, hey, we got 120 people anyway. And regarding like before we even like got together and started brewing or whatever uh, before the tournament, we kind of expected a lot of green, I guess. What what more expectations did you guys have from the tournament? So yeah, the, the like thing the with meta. the mono green, uh, it's probably the deck. Uh, I, I want to talk more about this later actually, but I think it's one of the decks I have underestimated the most in like play, in uh, playing Magic for, I don't know, 10 plus years. Uh, I have never underestimated a deck so much based on uh, looking at deck lists. It just mm. plays out so incredibly well, but it didn't really have that large part of the meta game, after all, in the end, I think uh, a lot of the green decks did do some splashing and stuff. Um, yeah, it was a lot of red green and, but a lot of like slash decks, I guess. If we're talking about, uh, like, how but but many different kinds of deck, like you usually see in the. Uh, but one thing we did uh, expect because uh, because of the Swedish reprint rules were that. Uh, was that card availability would be an issue uh, and mm. that might limit some of the more uh, out there decks and some of the more uh, big uh, control decks that really need to have all the really expensive cards to function. Um, yeah. I don't think we really did... Uh, I didn't really metagame uh, or uh, metagame based on, uh, on what I thought people were going to play. Uh, but of course, knowing uh, or assuming that there were going to be a lot of cheaper, 
creature-based decks, um, of course, uh, this control would be a great choice compared to if, uh, let's say, you assumed that uh, maybe 50% of the really skilled players would bring the deck uh, or something. Th then you have like 0% chance to take down the tournament um, if you're on Troll Disco. Do you agree, Olan? Uh, yeah, and I, I, I kind of suspected that not many would play the deck because of the time constraints and online. It's tough to play. It's tough to play the deck uh, and finish the rounds uh, uh, within time when you play online because there's always delays and lag and, and miscommunication and whatever. It's, I mean, it's sometimes yeah. it pushing it in a, in a real paper tournament. So so yeah, um, there are some people that are capable of playing the deck in, in this environment, but a lot of the deck players can't handle it. Uh, or yeah. don't want to handle it even. Uh. Yeah, like lose. You need to win the first game, and yeah, it's maybe a bit of gamble with the time and what whatever. But I actually want to make a correction because I I, I think it's over twenty decks that's green. Then you mentioned uh, Jonas that we we did have some like Sue kind of green decks. We had some curd apes running amok and. But there's a lot, a lot of green, uh, anyhow, in the. So it might have been the biggest deck. Uh, um, Not the mono green, but a lot of green decks, ah, I guess. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and you have to f also f say, both me and Jonas started, both me and Jonas started four zero, so mm. we we kind of dodged a lot of the meta, so to say. Um, when it, when you are three three and four zero, you you are not gonna play against a lot of these cheap decks anymore uh, mm. uh, and I don't I didn't really see any of the heavy hitters playing mono green um, at all uh, no not like uh, I think uh, someone might have done it I don't know uh, we, we didn't see that much on stream either actually uh, not only showing the <laughs> okay we did have uh, DFB on green, of yeah. course. But, uh, and DF DFB and then Malte on the red-green uh, aggro, his, his yeah. pa patented aggro deck. And we will talk about, was it you, Jonas, who lost against, uh, or was it Holland who lost against the red-green in the top eight also? Um, not, not in the top eight, but... Uh, I played the, the red-green deck, but I actually won that game. Um, okay. Uh, but we anyhow we did have we green succumbed in, <laughs> uh, over like the in the long run with uh, Peter Montan then uh, making uh, top eight. So it's uh, still a great deck. It's not the mono green version then. It's the yeah. It's uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it when we yeah. when we get to the decks. Another deck that you might see a lot of is the black decks, uh, like the mono black decks, and there's some of those also, but not like many, I'd say either. <laughs> they they are not they are not super cheap anymore as the as the juicems are so expensive. Ba back mm. in the days, uh, mono black was a, was a really good deck because it was super cheap. Even juicems were super cheap, so. Mm. So I think it's, it was the most expensive card in the deck, yeah. But the only expensive you, card, even. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Except I maybe mean, for a Moxiet and a Lotus if you go. Yeah, yeah, and a KS Orb. Yeah. But yeah, but I remember a lot of the a lot of people back then even played like uh, fully black bordered uh, mono black, and it it wasn't that expensive. I mean, it was expensive, but it wasn't that insanely expensive. Uh, mm. So so yeah, uh, but times have changed. Um, yeah, and uh, we had uh, a lot of different types of decks. That's the conclusion I would say. Uh, not too many control decks not too many aggressive slide decks not too many <laughs> mono green decks but uh, like a, we have some uh, a big amount of control and I'll say in that sense it felt kind of uh, like the field felt, felt kind of fair we don't see in the top 8 we, maybe we should go into the top 8 Are you guys ready for that? yeah to the decks right away well maybe you want to talk about the first one yeah this the first one um, assumedly finished eighth place in the swiss is mike van dyke uh with um i would say this looks mostly like the original fantasy zoo deck um <laughs> with, with some with some more restricted cards because he I actually played the Savannah Lions, Suchi, and Sir Angel, so it's it's not the Dibs. Uh, he plays Suchis mm. instead. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and uh, to, uh, to, with to the lightning balls, the disenchants, the sorcery plushes, all the like usual suspects, I'd say. Yeah, uh, it's a bit different than than the other. I mean, obviously, it doesn't play Dibs, but the other Lion Bolt Dib decks, it's, it only plays three. Uh, lightning bolts and one psionic blast uh one fireball mm. um and uh, a lot of restricted cards uh for artifact yeah. removal it's i mean it's uh, i mean this is a mike van dyke deck and it 
It's a solid deck. He's a solid player. Um, no surprise here. Uh, yeah, and we could see some like real choices, but they're minor, but they make a big impact anyhow. Probably like another uh, artifact removal uh, with the divine offering. Uh, but it no, not really. He has a disenchanted cyber. He he choose to play. The it's divine a three-one split so. probably for the life gain. Okay. Uh, um, Okay, with the Suchi, maybe, mm. if you're playing that, but I don't really like that. <laughs> no, I, I really don't like it either. Uh, there's barely any damage, self-inflicting uh, damage. It's four City of Brass, uh, but since there's not even any dibs, uh, it's it's two damage, perhaps, from the uh, Psionic Blast, but you wouldn't do that much to your own life total in a normal game. Yeah. I mean, uh, in a way, it can be that it's... I mean, he usually plays uh, only American rule sets, and yeah. uh, this is the standard, kind of the standard split in American rules, where you don't play... Usually don't play four Disenchants main deck, and you play at least one Divine Offering. Uh, yeah, we have talked about this earlier, you mentioning, Olan, that like Underworld Dreams is a really uh, impactful and probably underplayed card. Maybe that goes for the American meta also. It, it probably have changed a bit in the last half year or something. So, but maybe you don't need the disenchant, the like the enchantment removal that much. And usually, you see a lot of artifacts uh, in the tournaments. So that goes also for maybe the, like in the sideboard, three divine offerings and one disenchant. No, that's the dust. Uh, hmm. Yeah, some, I think some... that uh, he does have nine, ten. He does have a lot of white. He could support the dust to dust. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't like dust to dust with eleven white sources. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Wrath of God, Geddon in cyborg. I really like Geddon. I usually yeah. try it in main, and I think it's a really solid cyborg decision here. Uh, and like the counterspell is another part that he decided to uh, have in his 75 <laughs> number of vari variety of and probably tried it out a bunch. He plays two counterspells main and the mana drain and he has another uh, counterspell in the sideboard. So I think this is something that you also like doing while well, I write like uh, addressing the game for <laughs> like thinking about what happened game one and like are you playing control or are you playing aggressive like the each after each sideboard yeah i'm i'm not that often i don't know if I, maybe once i played a counterspell in my sideboard in all of my decks uh, it's not the typical uh, thing i i like to do uh, what, what this looks like to me uh and it's something that i do sometimes is that uh, if I decide like on an archetype, I decide on like three or four or five other archetypes and build a 60 card deck against those archetypes. Like what would I want my 60 to look like against those decks? And then try to find a core from those 60 and put the rest in the sideboard and make sure that I can uh, construct all these 60s. Um, from uh, from the 75 uh, and uh, 
when I do that, I also end up with similar deck lists that, where I have like the fourth or the second or the third of a card in the sideboard because I want to have more against uh, some decks, but uh, maybe not necessarily in game one. I don't know if that is his method, but um, it's it's obvious mm. that he's thinking like in some matchups I really want to have four lightning bolts, but in most matchups I don't. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it looks uh, like uh, there's a lot of thought behind this deck list. Hmm. And the Sonic Blast takes a lot of creatures that lightning bolts don't, uh, and he has a, as you mentioned, uh, the fourth lightning bolt in cyborg, another Sonic Blast there. I kind of like Wrath of God. It's underplayed, and I think a lot of people might have thought uh, we already mentioned it being full Swedish. Uh, maybe there will be a lot of creature decks, and, and yeah, it's like with Armageddon. It can really like just flat out win you the game. Uh, yeah, and, and this deck can basically transform into, I mean, it can easily remove uh, eight creatures and replace it with uh, eight control cards and have a, a sort of the deck-ish without the card drawing engine, but uh, you can uh, end up yeah. in a really controlling uh, deck if you want to with uh, this build. I guess if you did not play the Suchis, if you play the Lion the Bolt... <laughs> deck yeah you could might have, that the wrath of god might have been a moat uh, but yeah i think like the 75 overall looks really really solid yeah, you almost mentioned that uh, when we started looking at it uh, all on that it's hard to like put down any card choices really uh, you can go into minor tweaks but that's only for like addressing the meta i guess and what you're expecting uh, so uh, uh it, it's not surprising to see this in the top eight absolutely not no. uh, this yeah. could beat uh, any archetype uh, with uh, the correct draw and some nice play yeah all of the like restricted card also usually does do your good <laughs> uh, and we're, we're going into maybe the next uh, top eight deck and that's uh, the one you mentioned playing against uh, the kind of mirror uh, hold on no yeah. it was uh, Jonas that played it uh, no it, no, was, it was me okay okay it, it was this deck <laughs> I lost to when I was 5-0 so so yeah, uh, he he got his top eight from from me. I mean, they got it's a troll disco deck, but he has shaved like one troll and like sit in a bottle. And I assume uh, he doesn't have. Yeah, he play he plays all Moxen as well. It, it's it's a different it's a different uh, version. I mean, yeah, he is playing the. Guardian Beasts, uh, like, he to being able to have more artifact permanence, probably. Uh, and he doesn't uh, play Lightning Bolts, and he plays yeah. with just one Fireball, so... Hmm. But uh, as both of you got your guys' version, it's like the control-ish version, playing blue with counter spells. Uh, one copy artifact, maybe that's... 
one sticks out a bit, but otherwise it looks so, like... So uh, there are actually a lot of spicy things happening here. Uh, one is uh, there's a Misha's workshop to uh, power out some uh, large artifacts. Uh, we see, uh, I think it's a Triskelion, yeah, it's a Triskelion. And yep. uh, an Icy Manipulator and a Disrupting Scepter. Um, so I would consider at least uh, two of those uh, pretty spicy choices. I don't know what you copy artifact with this deck. Of course, if you have uh, the if you have the combo with uh, uh, the Chaos Orb and the Guardian mm -hmm. Beast, then copy artifact of course becomes absurd, and you can really turbo charge uh, your board mm -hmm. control uh, with that combo. Uh, otherwise, I don't yeah. think it makes a lot of sense to let's say uh, copy your disc. <laughs> no, I. To, to be honest, if, if I look at the cards w which I like the least in this deck, in his, uh, in his deck, it's the Copy Artifact and the Time Twister. Uh, hmm. I, I think like the Disrupting Scepter is a, a cool choice, actually. Uh, talking to Reindeer and you about the deck uh, in like our third or fourth episode. Uh, like that is one part of the deck you make it <laughs> you try to blow everything up and then you uh, try to counter spell your way in a good situation where you just can win with your sedge troll or something uh, the copy artifact usually at least for me like eight out of ten times you just uh, copy a uh, mistress factory usually oh. uh, but that that could actually that could actually work, but I I'm not so sold on that. I think I think what this deck has problems with is um, is early creatures. Um, hmm. Yeah, uh, with the lightning bolt, it, 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 we do see a balance here also. But yeah, yeah, but I I I um, I would consider this list uh, playing it, but I only have one guardian beast, um, the one I bought from you, Seb. Um, yeah. And we have four here, so yeah, uh, but, three but to go. <laughs> I, I I would I wouldn't play copy artifact or time twister. Um, no, uh, I agree um, uh, about both those cards. But one one thing that strikes me is that you can make a a, a lot of different choices when you're playing the guardian beast compared uh, to the non guardian beast version. Is that in yeah. in the regular disc control deck you want? Uh, you really don't want to have that many permanent cards um, hmm. uh, because basically you assume that you will blow the whole board up. Uh, but in this case, he can actually play cards like Ice Manipulator and Trisk. And uh, of course, it, it, you can use the Trisk and still and blow it up and still be happy about the result. But I, th I think he can play more um, permanent-based uh, answers because of the Guardian Beasts. I mean, yeah. not not too many, but it, it adds um, it adds a bit of flexibility in the card uh, choice, like uh, the icy manipulator. But also, like if we look in the cyber, we have another copy artifact. We have another Triskelion. Maybe that's something uh, that he's going for. Like usually, that's what you want to do with copy artifact, like that kind of those kind of things. But Christian. Yeah, we, we do see some things that could happen in the 75, 
We also see a candelabra there. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's for the that's for mazes, but yeah. Yeah, but also it, Mishra's, I guess. Uh, yeah, but the, the the thing with this deck, it's it's kind of terrible um, against um, against City in a Bottle, because if you see, he plays four City of Brass. Uh, usually, you play. He plays the same amount of color lands as, as we do in our deck, but he, he cuts three island for City of Brass. A uh, early, uh, early City in a Bottle could like close the, the game because he doesn't have any shatter. He only has uh, Nevenural's Disc. Mm. So, so th this deck has a lot of vulnerabilities to, to, to some hate cards, uh, which the Ordinary Troll Disc doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and... and the problem with I would I would cut the Mishra's factory and put uh, in an island instead, uh, because like he, what what do you really want to cast with the Mishra's workshop? It's like yeah, the oh, disc. you're talking about you meant said Mishra's factory, but you mean uh, cut yeah, the Mishra's workshop. workshop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so do do you want to have it as a ritual for for the Nevenuros disc? Is is that the purpose of it? Yeah, and maybe of the cyborg then, uh, like the, the second risk, risk but that and, and, uh, as a manipulator, uh, there's some parts. So. How do you feel about having uh, the Mishra's workshop in the sideboard and uh, the mirror universe, so you can reach a lot of mirror universe? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's I, I would I would much prefer having the workshop in the sideboard and cut the candelabra. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, and have a extra island main deck. Uh, I wanted to address something you mentioned earlier, like with the sit in a ball. Uh, like looking at decks lately, I feel, and looking at the top eight, and like we, it looks a bit like we moved away from decks being that vulnerable, like all out vulnerable at least uh, against <laughs> sit in a ball. It feels like it, the the card itself, like shifted the meta a bit. Uh, Back in the days, we could see like blue red tempo, and the, then you're playing flying men, and you're playing like the dibs. But now, usually, like what we saw with uh, Mike Van Dyke, he probably made a like conscious de decision uh, because he's playing four Cedar Bros that he might not be able to afford playing the uh, dibs also. Uh, so I think that's interesting looking at like top eights in large tournaments like this one uh, to see where the decks are right now uh, and sure the problem might be here uh, when we're looking at the guardian disco deck that christian is playing is that he also plays the he plays the guardian beast and he plays four uh, city or brass uh, and also, I think you mentioned that earlier, Roland. You don't want to take that much damage. Uh, yeah. Playing yeah. a control, like a slow game that this usually does. So, yeah. Some thoughts maybe to uh, think about when you're... If you're looking to play a more, like, combo-ish version of uh, uh, Troll Disco. I think it looks interesting, at least. Yeah, but it it's I, I would just say it's it's less consistent. Um, but that, yeah, it can have more. a lot more like fun sequences. Yep, yep. <laughs> mm. And as you guys mentioned, uh, 
if you you can do a lot of more things in the cyborg, like you said, Jonas, you can actually, if you want to put in the workshop there, if you want to have some copy artifacts and whatever, uh, those actually make sense. Not really in a like usual troll disco cell, uh, shell, that is. looking at the next yep. top 8 deck uh, a friend of ours uh, uh, jo- Johan Glans right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the Swedish comedian yeah. exactly, I'm, I'm really impressed that he started playing uh, magic and got this far yeah and he, he only lost to me in the Swiss uh, mm-hmm. actually uh, yeah, it's this is this is like uh, when I was paired against him. It's like yeah, uh, I kind of think that I knew knew that he like had uh, this deck and he had banned cards, and I know he thinks that the Urnum plan is too bad. So mm-hmm. I kind of said, yeah, he's playing this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and I kind of I kind of would have. I would have been like able to 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 name like fifty five cards in his deck before we sat down. You, you Are the two mana that. vaults two of those five? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, the, the mana vaults and the spirit link I wouldn't have named probably, uh, but yeah, everything else I probably could have nailed. nailed. So what we're looking at is uh, like a blue, uh, white. Skies deck like the usual flyers, blue white flyers. You might, some people might call it. But I, I know that Ant- I know that Anton calls it blue white skies, and he has mm. done for several years. So yeah, uh. Uh, and uh, I actually met him. I don't know if it was last Nubcon, some Nubcon. I met him playing this deck. I I met him twice on Nubcon, uh, and after the first time, I gave him pointers on how to win against the deck <laughs> and next time he met me he won against me and he said yeah you told me to like go uh, hard on the mana and uh, like try to take the books and i did that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i probably shouldn't have and now you're a commentator <laughs> yeah exactly now i'm just commentating instead i don't yeah, uh, No, but it's, it's uh yeah tell us about the deck before we talk more about yeah, it's. I just want to say it's quite fun because Anton plays like a lot of vintage and pre-modern as well, but and legacy, and he's he's like a combo player. So, mm. so so I mean, this is a bit bit different. And yeah, it's basically four dibs, four Seras, a mo- moti, uh, a moat, uh, and then a lot of blue white rest- blue white black restricted cards, Armageddon, one psionic blast, all the good removal. Two factories. He actually has a bit better mana base. Uh, Excellent choice. We, I really love that choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is so much better than the than the than the louder uh, mana base. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I think some interesting decisions here also were made. Like you mentioned, the mono walls. What? What do the? Why are you playing mono walls? Do you think, uh, Jonas? Uh, because uh, sometimes you need to do the Sarah gamble. As um, 
Wiseman once said. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, gamble. Yeah. Uh, so the old axiom was that you should only play Sarah when you have the game under lock, but uh, Wiseman corrected everyone and said that sometimes you just play a Sarah on turn one or turn two and just win the game. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, a quick Mahamutijin uh, or a quick Sarah mm. can do it. I see no other uses for those cards in this deck. It's probably the mind twist, though, right? It's yeah, mind twist. Best use. And uh, um, brain guys. Brain are... guys who gets power. Yeah. But there's nothing in the sideboard. So I think it's. Uh, I, I, I really want to know how he feels about them after the tournament. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I would I, be I would really interested him. to see if he felt that they really worked out or if it wasn't that good. But you can do a lot of stuff in one turn, I guess. With them. Yeah. I, I, I can write and ask and see if we, I get a, an answer. Johan Glans. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. What did you want to say? Hello. It's it's pretty cool to, to like, um, have a mana vault. I mean, this is this is a corner case, but it's pretty cool to have a mana vault in play as well when you play Armageddon and then slam a Sarah the turn after or something. Um, yeah, that's true. He does have an extra Geddon in the sideboard. I played a similar deck to this once, uh, except I also had four books in mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I played uh, some. Uh, um, it was a. Do you remember that tournament, Seb? It was uh, when you lost uh, the finals after beating me in the semifinals. Okay, and you. Uh harassed me for it uh, uh, yes. yeah i remember that one and i will never uh, yeah. ever stop doing that <laughs> yeah but usually or some types of builds are more like maybe not so creature oriented but this one is uh, you already said that it's four dibs and four star angels and one mamahotmijin that's a lot of large flyers usually you might play Two or three Sarahs, right? Uh, you might have done that and played some books instead. Um, I think that also is uh, an argument for the mana vaults is that this deck doesn't seem to uh, uh, be that controlling. It seems to be more putting down uh, an annoying threat and uh, keeping the opponent off their plan while the threat finishes the job. So yeah. I, th I think the mana vaults um, does make a lot of sense. I, I guess yeah. it would be off-color Moxon otherwise. And these might just be faster. It's a really interesting choice that I would like to I would like to try it out myself. Yeah. And we in this version he plays one Armageddon in main and one in the sideboard. That also goes for maybe not playing books, uh, more like slamming a big creature and... Uh, uh, like destroying all the mana and uh, I think balance is also better if you're playing a lot of artifact mana like you do with the mana vaults uh, we also see one spirit link uh, kind of like that if you're playing against green and you manage to play Hamamot Lijin or and you yeah, 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 I mean, even they, on they the dips, they I can't guess. do anything against that uh, like a spirit linked uh, Sarah Angel even I mean what are they supposed to do and speaking yeah. of green, uh, the uh, most spicy row in the sideboard, I think, mm -hmm. is the three different circular protections. That is yeah. just beautiful. How, how, how do we feel about that? 
uh, Orlan? Well, I don't like circle protections, but if you play circle protection, you might as well play these three. I mean, I don't. It's the black, the green, and the red. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. sort of in love with uh, with this. I don't know if I would do it. I don't know if it's good, but I like that he did it. Uh, I asked. He he told me now, uh, Anton, that uh, he thinks the curve uh, is the is why you're playing the mono vaults, uh, and uh, like. Uh, they're repeatable rituals, as he calls them. Uh, so you don't. Sometimes you don't need to do that much with the mana, uh, and they make Sarah mind twist, brain gaze, a recall, Armageddon, Mahomaltigin, and Moat uh, being able to be played in critical turns. I guess. Do you think uh, he ever gained any life of this ivory tower in the sideboard? <laughs> no. Uh, that, that that that's. I have no idea why you play one ivory tower in the sideboard of this yeah. deck. He he wonders. He also did wonder why no one else played walls. So uh, he seems really really happy with the decision playing them. Uh, and this is kind of a deck that I love playing, but usually, like like the deck you want to play because you're playing so many big creatures and you do what uh, you said you does. Uh, you do the Sarah Angel and uh, hope. Uh, so, yeah, I like it. Uh, the karma, I don't know, the sideboard, some decisions <laughs> you could have think about. Well, <laughs> There's some sweet iconic cards in the sideboard that I don't think belongs. Yeah. Uh, but I, think mean, that I love anyway. I mean, karma is better <laughs> than you think. When karma is good, it's really good. Mm-hmm. But don't you beat? Yeah, all yeah, the decks that you would bring Carmine against anyway. I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I, this is also a deck that's pretty. Uh, I think he made a conscious de- decision about having good mana, only playing the two Mishra's Factory. But yeah, I love four that. cities, four dibs. Uh, you can't really place it in a bottle in it, and it's kind of bad against the city bottle is really good against it is it i don't know there's a lot of stuff i don't really i need to think about uh, before <laughs> before i can but karma is it good okay against like aggressive black decks i don't really like it maybe in some situations when you're playing uh some controlish like if if i would meet uh, your uh, <laughs> troll disco decks maybe yeah, he only plays two black, uh, like swamp-based uh, lands, so yeah, uh, yeah, and you you could have played. Yeah, I don't know. Some some decisions I'm I don't know really about, but maybe we should uh, go on to the uh, other deck that one of you guys met, and that was Jonas. You met this uh, deck. Yes. Uh, so uh, I played. Uh, Peter Montan and uh, pretty early in the tournament and I think uh, that was his only loss uh, it, uh, yeah it was obviously his only loss in the Swiss uh, it was super close and I think uh, Troll Disco has an excellent matchup against this archetype which is I would call I mean it's a red green deck but in my mind this is a mono green deck 
with a red splash for bolts and a blue splash for um, power cards. Mm. Uh, and like, uh, uh, I I love this deck. It was it played out so perfectly. Um, it uh, has a creature package of uh, Land of Elves uh, to do some ramping and uh, uh, also do some attacking, of course. A lot of flyers with uh, the Emerald the Dragonflies and the Script Sprites. Uh, you have some wolves, uh, Wild Lily Wolves, to power them up. Uh, some scavenging folk for uh, the board interaction. A lot of bolts for board interaction and reach. Some ice storms. Um, and some uh, giant growths uh, also to uh, interact with the board and uh, bring some uh, tricks in to a lot of situations. Yeah, it's basically a flyer's deck in a way, right? Because you, with the Pendler Havens, you pump up the Scrib Sprites. Yeah. Uh, and you, you can use the Wolf also, right? Yes. So uh, that happened several times that he just deployed like uh, a Scrib Sprite and... Uh, a dragonfly had a wolf and a pendlehaven, and I was like, "Well, I'm actually in a hurry to handle this stupid <laughs> script sprite, and when I do, I still have to handle the dragonfly, uh, or yeah. vice versa." And like, yeah, and I usually, have... yeah, usually you don't see you you don't see like the dragonflies. That's a really cool uh, choice for it, uh, and you can't. It's like instead of playing berserks, uh, you can you, you're just playing flyers. You still have like two giant growths here, but you don't need the berserks then, I guess. Uh, no, I don't think so. He, he put on a lot of pressure, and the, like with the scavenging folks was really annoying. So I of course wanted to disc him, <laughs> so that he just put down the the scavenging folks uh, in preparation for that. And in the sideboard, he also has a lot of crumbles. So th this deck is very interactive, which um, I enjoy. It, it feels like it can really mess with an, uh, with an opponent. Yeah. Um, I, I was super impressed by this build. Uh, I scouted some uh, deck lists after the tournament, and I think he had a friend that played basically the same deck, but with a black splash, uh, with mm -hmm. the Demonic Tilter Mind Twist instead of the blue splash for the... Power cards. Uh, for the power. I don't know if that's card availability or if they borrow cards from each other or uh, why that was, but it was basically the same deck otherwise. But of course the power cards just means that you get two draw sevens, the time walk that can be just incredible uh, with this yeah. deck. And, uh, like uh, all, of course the power is incredible always, but you need to make so many decisions when you're splashing, when you're playing green. Uh, and if you're playing red and also splashing the third color, uh, I think one decision that we see here is, uh, sure, we have the three panel havens and you usually only can have one in, in play. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but we have like one extra mission in the sideboard. We have three in main only. So the, I think a lot of thought went into actually making this manageable. I don't know how the black splash was, but... Uh, what you're splashing more than the DT and Mind Twist and yeah, I think those were the ones. Maybe there were some cyber cards as well. I don't really uh, remember, but you usually splash Terror um, in that build mm -hmm. to handle the the big creatures, which you have a problem with. Mm. Uh, if you splash black, 
Yeah. Uh, I've I've seen Malta do that. So. Uh. What What are your thoughts, Olan, on like this version of uh, green beats? It's it's quite tough for me to have any opinion about it because I've never played against it and I never played it. Mm. Uh, it's it's not my type of uh, deck, kinda. I, I I tend to not. I t- it's a trap for me playing aggro decks. I don't really like them, but I end up playing them every now and then. Mm. And it's. I think. But yeah, it's 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 obviously solid finishing uh, in the top eight. Uh, yeah, I think there's a uh, a lot of ways you could go you mentioned Jonas you could play black maybe splashing for terrors you said uh, Olan uh, but uh, usually these types of decks you're playing like the you go either like the ground game uh, playing we, o- we only see one card up here so that's probably a decision not being so heavy in on uh, I think that's a bait I, I, okay, I, I okay. 100% <laughs> believe that's a bait because I was like should I actually add or uh, add or keep? I don't remember if I had it made uh, the bottle because I saw Curdip and one City of Brass, but I didn't see anything else. Uh, and if, if, if it's a trap, that's yeah. the coolest deck building decision in this top eight. In my yeah. As long as he bores out the Wiluli Wolves as well, because they are also oh, yeah, Arabian yeah. creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, so then maybe a, it's okay to have at least one bottle in then, anyhow. Yeah, you were saying. Uh. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I have no idea why you play one Curlip. I would have... I would probably have played a third Wiluli Wolf. Hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's better, but yeah. Uh, also, we see like a lot of mazes in the sideboard we have a couple of tranquilities we have the uh, concordant crossroads some crumbles falling star disintegrate maybe that's a uh, interesting decision maybe against like trolls mainly i guess i think it's probably the trolls i can't uh, what else is there yeah yeah i don't know uh one shatter and that's about it. Uh, I, also, it's nice to have like the both of the draw sevens. I guess you can really uh, like play out. We don't see a lo- lotus here. Uh, he would probably play that if he had one. But we have like the moxen, and you can usually go with that and nowhere else. You can play out all of your creatures, and almost everything is a one drop here, right? <laughs> so yeah. So like you could just like. Play out a bunch of stuff, draw seven. I think that's also a really good card in this deck, or those, like the draw sevens. Uh, so uh, interesting, I'd say, especially with the Emerald Dragonflies uh, and not playing the Flying Men that you usually might see. So not that like vulnerable to sit in a bottle then. Yeah, it's, it, this is uh, um, when I talked about not respecting uh, the deck enough. It's If I had just seen this uh, deck photo, I would have said that, like, uh, this looks pretty interesting, uh, mm. but I don't know about all these choices. Seeing it play out, mm. it works so well in ways that I did not anticipate. 
Is that what was you wanted to mention earlier also? Uh, yeah, yeah, that this deck being... is, yeah, it, it doesn't look that good, but there's a lot of small, like, interactions that uh, it's not that obvious until you play against it. And you're like, why, why is this bad card so annoying? <laughs> yeah, why am I have... losing to this? <laughs> yeah, we have a, like, Dragonfly. Um, you can pump it one, or is it just First Strike? First Strike. Okay, yeah. But anyhow, it's a 3-3 three, three, a lot of times, probably, in the giant growth of that. Yeah, so that. it's like it, it can tangle with... Uh, it can beat up on Mahamotogenes uh, sometimes. I mean, yeah. it's... Uh... And you played... Uh, was it Monogreen you played? Uh, or did you play... It because you didn't play Volts, or...? Oh, oh yeah, in a tournament. Yeah, I played yeah. The, yeah, the awful Berserk Monogreen. Okay, uh, okay. That was so boring. This is something completely different. This is yeah, so because much more fun and smart. I think Lightning Bolts makes you, and the Fireball, of course, makes you want to play out games more, <laughs> usually. Beating, uh, uh, you can get in stalemates like with your opponent uh, being low on life, but I think this closes out games really fast also. Uh, so, are we looking at uh, Ben Twitchen's deck then? Yeah, uh, so that was us? the four uh, uh, quarter final, or uh, yeah, uh, the bottom four of the top eight. So now we're going into the really top performers. Mm? The top four. So tell us uh, about it. Uh, isn't this the fifth deck? Isn't I think so. Did I jump over someone? Uh, no, it, it's. It's the it's the yeah it's, <coughs> no, I, I'm just confused yeah it's uh, he finished uh, third to fourth fourth mm. place yep, yep. yep. so uh, Jonas do you want to tell us about the Twitch and deck here so deck. Uh, uh, last uh, uh, I think it was the last time I was on Monster of the Week we talked about uh, the coolest engine in the game and that is uh, Howling Mines and Relic Barriers. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a Relic Barrier Howling Mind deck. Uh, it also has uh, a cute and interesting card that we discussed uh, discussed during that episode, which is uh, Titania Song, uh, mm. that can work uh, both as uh, a sort of null rod, and uh, uh, mostly it works as a very cool uh, finisher in uh, this uh, type of deck. Is it the best finisher? I don't know. Is it a very cool and enjoyable finisher? Yes. Hmm. Uh, other than that, we have the usual um, uh, removal package in white with the plows and the disenchants, uh, an abyss to keep the creatures away, some counter spells, uh, in, uh, including a red elemental blast main, and uh, a mirror if uh, things go awry. And uh, of course, the blue uh, power cards. Yeah, uh, all on any decisions here. You're if we, I'm, I'm not even looking at the sideboard yet. <laughs> because there's some no. cool stuff happening there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you just look at this, what are your thoughts, uh, Olan? Uh, I mean, if we would do a all roads leads, I would probably cut the relic barriers and howling mines and add JM Day tones and <laughs> more counter spells. But but yeah, uh, knowing Ben Twitch and he, he loves his 
he loves his uh, relic barriers and mm. and howling mines. I wouldn't change a card probably. I think uh, he's he's been doing this a lot a long time, right? Yeah. You you yeah. you played yeah. some games against him. Uh, he he plays a control deck and he has some spicy stuff in it, I guess. Uh, so it yeah it looks really much like uh, if you take away the howling mines, it's a Tony song. And the relic barriers, you, you could have like yeah you mentioned the tomes or something. It's a uh, the deck, otherwise. Uh, but what about the sideboard? Then? <laughs> this is the most insane sideboard I have ever seen. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Also, at, at least in uh, old school, I, I can't even. I don't even know where to start. Uh, but if you start with divine offering and red elemental blast yeah, okay i can i can buy that that's ser angel spirit link that that's also yeah. pretty two spirit sweet. links one ser angel one divine offering yeah. one red elemental blast okay okay um rubinia soul singer i'm starting to wonder where we're going with this but yeah um uh, serendip jin yeah two flying men <laughs> yeah because one is not enough yeah, two old man of the sea. I know you love your old man of the sea. So. I do love my old man of the sea. I'm probably playing it soon. Yeah. Yeah, and four Serendi Befrits. So it, it's basically a, a creature deck sideboard with Rubinia Soul Singer and uh, Lord of um, Old Man of the Sea to steal creatures. So yeah, I I I don't I don't understand it. Uh, uh, yeah, and I haven't seen the uh, like the gin in a long, long time. I, if you remember the last, actually the last winter derby, uh, the winner played one in in his main deck. Mm, okay, uh, but yeah, uh, he packs a punch. Actually, uh, I can say that, but yeah, but for both players, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, man, it's like. I, I kind of have this feeling all the time when I see Ben Twitchens decks. I, I don't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, he, he's really like doing well with them and he's a really good player. And it's hard to... Something looks wrong, but you don't know how can it be so good then. <laughs> or... it, I mean, it, it's not the same as our f- 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 uh, friend uh, Pefken, but in okay. a way it is. Yeah. Because if, if if I take this deck and play it at the tournament, mm. I'm not going to finish 6-1 with it. Th- yeah. That's for sure. Th- that, that's never going to happen. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. He Because, okay, imagine a scenario you're sitting mm. down and you're playing against, I don't know, maybe the red-green deck. Uh, you can take in the like the old man of the sea maybe the spirit links maybe that makes sense but when are you taking the flag bed <laughs> like, this is my hypothesis uh that is the this is the sideboard plan for when you run out of time Aha, okay. so, so yeah. before so like yeah. you have you're like one one and you're like the last game is like we have five minutes I'm cutting everything and just bringing in the creature package. They won't have any removal spells. I'm just going to run them over. That is my hypothesis. I have no idea if it's true. And I have no idea what you cut from the main deck to make room for all of this. 
and what I wonder uh, how many like two one games he had and actually having <laughs> like a turn one flying man go and your opponent's like but I have all this like artifact removal and <laughs> what what are we doing now you just you just cut all the I mean to board this in you just cut all the artifacts the titania song and the abyss is like yeah, yeah. It's, just ram it out and then just in with all these cards. Because, I mean, in a lot of matchups, you probably don't take in all those Rubinia Soul Singers and Old Man of the Sea. You just bring in four, four Dibs, Serendibjian, two Flying Mans, and a Serangel. Mm. It's like, yeah. But that's a that's a kind of solid sideboard plan. I just, I just don't really get the whole 75 together with those especially the Rubinia Soul Singer. I, I would love to hear why that card is included. Um, I think this this is a mystery that we no one should know about because it's a it's Ben's way in in his mind, it's his way of thinking. You can't really understand it. That's the way it should yeah. be. I think the, the the thing is that he he plays no green lands, so actually casting Rubina Soul Singer is terrible with three city of brass and a Mox Emerald. Uh, well, you have the Falwar Stones. Maybe oh, you only take yeah. it in against the green decks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that, that kind of makes sense that you take it in against green decks. I don't know yeah. to steal the sl slugs. Yeah, um, and uh, you have you have the Lotus, of course. But yeah, maybe Lotusing out uh, Soul Singer. I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, it's kind it, of in hard. In a while, <laughs> I mean, ever. <laughs> okay, ever, ever. Then. Uh, but but to be honest, I actually bought my first Old Man of the Sea now, and I think it's a kind of good card in this in this format where a lot of people play like mono green and small yeah. small little little green men. Yeah, I I played like a green red version of a deck that actually uh, that, that I played some trackers in cyborg like for the same reason. Uh, I think uh, Old Man of Sea is good because l just looking at the last deck we talked about with the red-green flyers, um, yeah, it actually does some good, I think, probably. Uh, you take over a Scribe Sprite or an Emerald Fire, you, you can't really attack into it. You need to remove uh, the Old Man of the Sea, basically. But you have the Lightning Ball stand, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I agree if you're playing mono-green, at least. his name uh, with some kind of trademark robots list uh, I mean this is more a Seb list than my list um, yeah it's a kind of a some people uh, I still call it machine gun deck but it's some other choices uh, we had a long chat when I was playing the Odol uh, about if you're playing when you are playing either a Librarian or the Atog, we have some Atogs here, uh, and we also have some 
Tetravis. Triska. What, what's no Tetravis? Is it called Tetravis? I always Pentavis or pe- Tetravis. This is this is Tetravis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, uh, it has three counters. <laughs> I keep mixing up and the Pentavis. Becomes a four-four, four, I guess. So Tetra three. Yeah, I should remember that. Uh, no. Oh. Uh, and the Animate Deads actually are really yep. uh, good, probably. I would have played one of those. Uh, we have one ATOG here. Uh, but otherwise, it's like the no recalls and uh, three mana bolts, like copying a lot of large artifacts with the Triskelions, the Sushis, and whatever. Uh, that's basically what you do, right? Yeah, in my mind, uh, this archetype was pioneered by Mack in Berlin. I don't know if it's that's yeah. actually true, but uh, I... At uh, least the one was, I played, yeah. Yeah, and this is basically the same deck, except uh, Sages of Latnam main and the uh, uh, animate deads. Yeah, uh, we, 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 we're playing like the Sonic Blast here, uh, and I think maybe it's a good decision, probably not playing that much red, uh, playing more blue uh, instead. Uh, you don't play the any lightning bolts in the seventy-five, I think, uh, because yeah, I mean, what are you lightning bolting? Yeah, but like it's good against. I don't know. Maybe you need to take an out. Uh, usually, uh, the hypnotic specter. No, yeah, but hypnotic specter is usually the uh, worst card you can meet. But yeah, the animated. The, if if the <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah, this card your creature. You can just play it from the graveyard. It's okay, even cheaper. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, but I mean, usually the mana is really bad, like the colored mana. Uh, so, I think maybe going down on red is a good decision. But on the other hand, you're playing more black with the animate deads. That's why we see one island and one uh, swamp in the sideboard. But the <laughs> my favorite card being played here also, uh, the Blood Moon. It's so interesting when you say, yeah, you should play, it makes sense to play less red, and then he plays three Blood Moon in the sideboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I, I would probably have played like a Shivan or something, so you can actually I mean, do something actually, with the Blood Moon, but yeah, you. Hmm. Actually, actually, it makes sense in a way because you can. You can you can cut the I mean you can cut the mandrain and uh, sages and get in, get in the the blood moon and and some shatters and some red blasts uh, mm. at the same time. I mean you often bring all those cards in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but without the blood moon in play, you have six red sources. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have. That like... seems a bit low, actually. Yeah, yeah, but this is. Isn't yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't this know. This is I what the deck does. Uh, you go all in. Uh, and I, I don't. I don't think he sideboarded that much in any game. If I would. Uh, uh, yeah, I, is probably is the best yeah. card yeah. in the sideboard here. Uh, but yeah, you don't need to do that much, I guess, against many. You have the red elemental blast probably in some kind of. Yeah, I mean, th- this core archetype is incredibly strong. I mean, es- especially if you meet, like, some green creatures. Yeah. And you just have, like, sushi, copy my sushi. I mean, it's it's over. They, Usually, what, it's what going very to good, do. yeah. They can crumble in response, but then you might you might copy one Mishra yeah, in response. Yeah, and or something. you get the life, but, and, yeah. 
Also, uh, I think it's a good decision here. I think I only played three Red Elemental Blasts, but uh, you, both of you guys played the, in, was it the Lobstercom you played the workshop in deck there? Was it? No. Okay, but Jonas did, at least. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm thinking about the energy flux, anyhow. Uh, yeah, of course. You should have card you uh, need to do something yeah. about it. I mean, it's it's the card you lose against. Uh, it's almost like uh, if you're playing Arabian Aggro, like do you even care to plan against City in a Bottle? And I feel sort of the same way with this deck. Do you even like care to play around the Energy Flux? I mean, even everything has to line up so well. Are you going to Mulligan mm. for the answer to the Energy Flux? You're not winning that game anyway. Yeah. Um, and usually, I actually won like against three energy fluxes one time. With if you have a sushi in play, you can keep copying it and yeah. usually do a lot of busted stuff anyhow. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a solid deck. I really love uh, playing robots, and I think this is an interesting, ver interesting version with some tweaks. Uh, you could probably do some stuff depending on what you're playing against. Uh, but maybe we should go to like the top two decks, right? We're yep, yeah. We're in now the we're, uh... second place now, right? Yes. This is the guy that plays a lot of fourth edition cards. Is it fourth though? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's summer magic, of course. Yeah. Uh, um... But we we haven't mentioned that. But for the listeners, uh, we said it was full Swedish and. Uh, yeah, so you can play summer. That's the exception, right? Yep. Uh, yep, and he he has insane amounts of expensive summer magic cards. Hmm. I mean, having a playset of a rare in summer magic, as he has with Savannah Alliance, that's that's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, an incredible I mean, investment. <laughs> So uh, we're looking at sets, uh, sets Ron, Rokoron Roni, Ronkoroni, Ronkoroni. Ah, sorry guys for <laughs> all the mispronunciations of names this episode. And we're looking at his. It's a basic. This is a burn deck. Yeah, but with yep. Seven Alliance or. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. That's what so, it is. It's a burn deck with Seven Alliance. Counterburn, uh, maybe. It has some counter spells and some some interactive spells and um, uh, some sort of late game plan. But I think that this is uh, a deck that hits for two with a lion, hits for two with uh, a Misha's factory, uh, counters one important spell, and then plays uh, five or six lightning bolts or uh, ceramic blast and wins. Yeah, yeah. Don't mind I mean, stuff in play. Just like three to the head or something. It it's basically a lion bolt dib deck without dibs, but he mm. plays one Sarah Angel and one Atog instead. Um, yeah, if if you have the fourth edition Atog, you might as well play it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't understand why he plays some weird black-bordered Serangel though. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the, and this is also the guy that really loves uh, Sylvan Library. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really loves Sylvan Library, 
And it's so fun when he's on the Wack Wack stream. Me and Gordon hate Sylvan Library <laughs> accepting combo decks. <laughs> I mean, if, these guys. If you play this deck, uh, except for the four Psionic Blast, this is a deck that can take 16 of that Sylvan Library and don't care. Yeah, could have. I don't know. In, in a lot of matchups. I mean, you're just trying to play as many Lightning Bolts as you can. Yeah. Yep. I think the good part about the deck is what you mentioned, Jonas. You just shoot for the face and uh, hopefully your Seven Alliance, maybe, maybe even the Atog or something else, uh, did some damage also. But just keep on drawing stuff and then maybe Seven Library does that <laughs> to the extra damage. Uh, but maybe the problem of the deck is the mana base. You're playing three colored. That's usually, it, you need a lot of red. You need a lot of white to be able to play the Seven Lions turn one. I think that also is always the problem with you playing the Lion Dib Bolt kind of decks. Uh, Seven Lions aren't that good, like turn five, six, usually. Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a nice cold uh uh top deck in mo in most games but i i mean you don't really care you don't really mm -hmm. play this as like an aggro deck or like a sue deck mm -hmm. uh, i think this this is a bolt deck okay like so sometimes you just draw the lion and it doesn't do anything and that's i mean that happens in in all the burn decks like uh, a late game grim lava mancer um when you needed to top take the bolt and it's like, oh, I have to wait a turn, that doesn't do anything. I, this deck, I don't think, really cares about that. It's just like, ah, maybe I'll draw, draw seven. Or, uh, I mean, yeah. he, ha he has the Sylvan Library, he can just not draw the Lions, I guess. <laughs> that's how you, that's why you're playing Sylvan, I see. That's why you need another one in the cyber also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, know that much that you would do he has the brain gazer in the sideboard that's probably a good decision that's almost like what you were talking about earlier you kind of have your 75 laid out or 60 more <laughs> yeah. and you take some cards to put in the sideboard uh, we have the extra two disenchants there so two in main only and like a three four counter spells that's pretty much actually in main so uh, the red elemental blast, the blue elemental blast in cyborg, uh, three control magic. Well, I guess that's okay. They're they're really good against uh, if you're expecting non-red decks when you put them in, probably. I guess. Yeah, I like juice and jeans. I think. Yeah. Uh, Stuff like and that. Urnums and whatever. If you're. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think it's it does what it it's supposed to do. Probably have a yeah, lot I of. Yeah, I think uh, like the the bolt deck is actually pretty powerful. I think um, uh, one of the things that has been hard making it work is deciding on like you need there aren't enough bolts to just play bolts. You have to play some creatures, mm. and they have to do like some amount of damage and i think the lions are perfect and the yeah. mishra's factories i think you should consider as uh, the main repeatable sources of damage yeah of course you you don't usually play uh, like even think about them but this deck wouldn't probably play out without the mishra's uh, 
that's probably a good source because usually if you have a lion or if you start going down a life you need to tap out and then you can like do the final damage usually with uh, Mishras instead so uh, yeah any more thoughts I mean Holland. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, playing nineteen plus one restricted cards is obviously good. Mm. I mean, it's it's there's not really much to say. Uh, I mean, without the restricted cards, this deck would be garbage. But with with all the restricted cards, this is obviously a great deck. Yeah, uh, but I haven't seen that many uh, like burn focused. Uh, Blue, no, I think white this decks. is uh, actually one of the most aggressive decks I have seen played in the format performing as well. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it, I think it's the, um, it's all, the, the, the difference with the Lion Bolt Dib he played in Winter Derby might be that uh, it's minus one Atag, minus one Sera, minus one Counterspell for the dibs mm. uh, so so it's i mean that that deck is kind of so aggressive and they all had quite high finishes with with that deck and obviously a winner as well so i think the main problem there is maybe the sit in uh, sit in a bottle yeah uh, yep. and this is a conscious decision on going more in on burn instead probably uh, so the final uh, deck we did see a lot of tapping and untapping stuff uh, <laughs> and uh, players looking at what happened uh, and losing. So, Olan. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it, I don't know how deep we should go into this deck because we, we talked about it in the Howling Mine episode. Yeah. It's we should probably Danny mention Fried it, at least. Uh, yeah, the Danny Friedman's Twitter vault. I mean... Not saying anything about the deck, but I think this is a, um, although it's an advantage, he was playing from home. Uh, he could just like take breaks and do whatever at home. But I would say this is the most impressive um, old school um, achievement, uh, achievement uh, ever. Uh, winning 120 people tournament with Twiddlewald and a combo deck. And mm. it's uh, three years hard work, two or three years hard work put into this. Yeah. Uh, and it's you, you mentioned we have talked about it and you can actually see a lot of games from the top 8 I don't want to say all of the games because there was a lot of technical difficulties <laughs> uh, I do remember some of them being there when we were streaming uh, when Gordon and I were streaming from Wak Wak but you can see probably the whole finals there uh, and you can see what the deck does uh, Jonas, do you want to mention anything about like the Twiddle Walt deck we see here? Or? It's, uh, it's uh, as far as I can tell, a perfectly constructed Twiddle Walt deck. It takes all the turns. It's all black bordered. It's been <laughs> practiced with for three years. Yeah. Uh, as Olanda was saying, uh, you, uh, any person, like a regular. Uh, player can't just like look at this deck and be like, oh wow, that seems pretty cool. Uh, maybe I'll try it in my next tournament and expect to perform. Um, mm. There's a lot of practice and thinking and just being able to mentally shortcut. I mean, just from if if you play a deck a lot, you can just uh, you just know a lot of stuff that you don't have to think about. 
And uh, as Olan said, in a long tournament like this, going undefeated, uh, completely undefeated, um, uh, I, I mean, uh, it's just so taxing to play this deck just for like three matches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> playing um, 10 undefeated games, it's, uh, that, that's, not, that's not something you can expect to do without putting in a lot of work and understanding all the card choices. But exactly. it's a very cool archetype, perfectly constructed one. Yeah, and like for those who don't understand at all what we're talking about, it's like the sequence of winning is usually with the Brain Gazer or the Fireball. Uh, but just take a bunch of turns with recalls re or regrowth even, and just untapping the Mono Vault. Uh, not the mono vault, the time vault that is. Uh, <laughs> transmuting into it sometimes, having a lot of cards in hand thanks to the Howling Mine. Uh, and uh, actually a good deck for the Silver Library, right, Dolan? <laughs> yep, this is probably one of the best decks. This this and the Mirror Bowl are the best decks for Silver Library. Yeah. We, we have been a lot of Howling Mines discussion since we started talking about that uh, last time was it we met uh, yeah I mean it's it's fun to draw cards yeah yeah I agree I agree uh, did we miss anything out do we maybe we should make a shout out to MG that usually does this tournament uh, Florian for uh, actually making the online version happen uh, is for Tolaria Slanis, we played it on Tolaria. We've mentioned it so many times now, but Tolaria is probably the way to go forth with uh, tournaments of all kinds. Uh, you mentioned on the last pre-modern episode we did, uh, Olan, that uh, it's nice to have something where you don't need to use the Street Fighter Swiss thingies yeah. <laughs> when you're actually trying to play a tournament. But you're playing a lot of Street Fighter, Jonas. You might know. Maybe that's better. Maybe Magic should rearrange so it's more like those tournaments. Yeah, double elimination. So uh, <laughs> you get to go home if you lose. <laughs> uh, so, I guess that's all. All she wrote. Do yeah, you wanna... a lot of uh, really sweet decks with a lot of uh, interesting choices. And uh, mm. a very... Um, uh, like there's a lot of different archetypes which I think is very very cool I mean all the decks were were distinct archetypes yeah uh, and no d ac the actual the deck yeah yeah I think which is a first which is a first for a noob noobcon yeah that mm. is true in in the top eight you mean yeah yeah uh, even though Ben's is some sort of control concussion I mean <laughs> If if you play zero JM Daytona, it's not yeah. the deck. That that's uh, if you play less than uh, than than uh, than two or three uh, JM Daytona, it's not the deck. Mm. That that's that's what I as I see it at yeah, least. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, yeah, it really fun. Uh, like looking at a bunch of games, getting the whole community together. Uh, hopefully, we will have uh, some sort of. Uh, version of Noobcom, but hopefully we will be able to play Noobcon 
uh, next year, but we'll see where we're at. I don't want to jinx anything, so <laughs> maybe we should just leave it at that. Uh, and thanks, guys, for joining. Do Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Olan, do you want to add something in the end here? Uh, no. Good, good. I was worrying that you were was, was starting to ask me to play Shoreline each time. <laughs> no, okay. no, that's that, that's a pre-modern okay, thing. Okay, okay. Cool. Can you can, can you play some metal music? Sure. Here, here we go. Mm -hmm.